So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this one's probably or somehow gonna be about art. It's at, at least in the first section or in the first bit of this episode, it's gonna be about art and then it is gonna be about some philosophical things, I guess. And I hope that it is gonna be something that's pretty amazing because I actually assume that it is gonna be something pretty amazing. But yeah, there's gonna be more after the intro, as always. As every day, you know, as every day. To just have to structure it a little bit in a different way because I hear the echo and I do not want to have the echo. So I'm gonna do it slightly different. Should be fine. So with this being, with this being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the FD Open with Tactics podcast. And I'm really happy to be here. And I'm really, really, really happy to go through these two books today. Or we are going to go through this one book today, which is called Paul Graham, Hackers and Painters. Big ideas from the computer age. So I don't know what it is all about, but what I know is the cover. Oh, already there. But I have to make it a little tiny bit smaller. And we are, as you can see, or maybe as you cannot see, we are on the DerekSivers.com site. Or no, the Sivers.org site. So this is basically a book notes article by Derek Sivers, who is an entrepreneur and also philanthropist and, and all those things. So he's definitely a person to, at least in my point of view, trust in. And yeah, so I do at first want to begin maybe what he said. So he rated it seven out of 10, which is good, I would say, which is re really good. A collection of essays from one of the best, loosely about intelligence, entrepreneurship, programming and questioning norms, many brilliant ideas and insights. And I do think that something like this is always good to just get new insights and new ideas as he actually also says and also thoughts and this is also the main reason why i'm going to go through it or why we are going through it because i believe new ideas is always something that's quite amazing but what i want to at first talk about is this one you see this painting in front of the book or at the book cover this is by peter Bruegel, and there's actually many ways you can pronounce his name there's many ways how you to how to write his name there's also like i think peter Bruegel. As far as I know, I'm not quite sure, like there's so many ways. And this one is called, at least in German, I guess, Der Kleine Turmbau von Babel, if I'm not quite. And I do just actually have to look it up in English. Yes, well, it's, it's called Kleine Turmbau zu Babel. But, well, there is no English site. Um, so it's actually the small tower building of Babel. I don't know if Babel is like, hmm. <laughs> maybe I should have looked it up beforehand. I'm going to translate it. You know, I'm going to translate it that I know and that you know. I know. Um, Babylonia? 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 So it is definitely like, yes, yes, it's Babylonia, I would say. I'm not quite sure. So the thing is, the whole story behind it is, maybe this is something that you know. We human beings built a tower. And there is a specific, the, the funny thing is, just to get back to 
the painting as such and I think it is actually a wonder that I still remember this because this is something that we went through in our art history class like a year ago or something. Shout out to my art history teacher. I am really appreciating her lessons. I really do. I really, really do. Well, coming back to the to the initial point, there is the big tower and there's also the small tower. This is the small tower. The funny thing is, is that the small tower per se is bigger than the big tower. And I don't know what, why actually, but I know it as a case and I know it as a fact. Still, both were painted by Peter Bruegel. And yeah, and the story behind it is that we human beings built a tower and we built a tower because we wanted to get as high as we could. So at least into the clouds to maybe say hello to God and something. But God said, no, we're not going to do so. And then he made us speak different languages, which made us unable to build the whole or to build the whole one. So I think we stopped, like, I don't know, at a, at a three, three quarters or something, because we then spoke different languages. And this might be the origin or how they are explaining the origins of different languages in the, the biblical way, maybe, I don't know. But this is the story behind it. And it is actually a pretty cool, pretty cool picture or artwork, painting. It's not a picture, it's rather a painting. So I hope that I've said everything that I know. Like there's also many, many, many other ways. Like um, there's also people in the foreground, as you can see, which I think are in terms of perspective and in terms of proportions are way too big or something as far as I know, then, um, like, like, yeah, there's many, then it is definitely like the, 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 the Rome, the Colosseum, Colosse, I don't know what it's called. Like the, the, the big arena in Rome, it's like basically the same structures, which is interesting and all different sorts of things. So my notes, why does everyone talk about making money? Question mark. It is a kind of shorthand. Money is a way of moving wealth, and in practice, they are usually interchangeable. But they are not the same thing, and unless you plan to get rich by counterfeiting, talking about making money can make it harder to understand how to make money. <laughs> well, pretty interesting. I think it is actually a pretty common thing that a lot of people are talking about making money, not necessarily making money. Programming languages are what programmers think in, yes? And... Something that I've tried to do, and I don't know if it is something that gave me like a boost or something, is that mathematics as such is also a language. Um, I do speak German, I do speak English, and I think that I'm speaking both of these languages relatively well. The thing is, then I thought because I seem to be quite good with languages, at least with English and German, and because Italian, no, I can't. I know it's something that I that I wasn't be able to to speak at first. Maybe if I'm just trying right now, I'm gonna be better. I probably am gonna be better, but I don't know. I really don't. So the thing is, I thought, well, mathematics is also a language. So maybe by treating it more like a language, then I'm hopefully gonna be better at it. I don't know if it worked. I know I really don't. But programming languages are what programmers think in. And also, like, we think in different languages as well. Which is, by the way, a pretty interesting question for people that are speaking two languages, or maybe three. What language do you think in? Is it German? Is it English? Is it France? Is it Italian? Is it Swedish? Is it whatever? Innovation and heresy are practically the same thing. Good hackers develop a habit of questioning everything. Well, 
No art, however, no art, however minor, demands less than total dedication if you want to excel in it. Yeah, I think like the whole art business and the whole uh, business around art, I would say it's like something that's really, really fucking tough. At least at my point of view, because like, first of all, it is something that practically everybody can do. So, uh, yeah, you know, which means that there's going to be a lot of competition, which is at first not something pretty good. Second of all, there is going to be a lot of people that say, okay, you know, this is not art because it is done like, or I could do this as well. And some shit like this, which is not a really good reason for saying that it is not art because it is still art. You know, because art has nothing to do with being able to draw or being able to, to, to do something. Art is art. The other one is just being a craftsman, craftsmanship. You know, there is no real big correlation at least at this point of time. I don't know if there was a year ago, not a year ago, but several years ago, like in the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, or something like that. Maybe just thinking about Leonardo da Vinci. Well, this has been like in the 1600s, I think, 15 something. If I'm not quite wrong, it could be really wrong, but I don't know. But yeah, at this point of time, it does not have anything to do with being able to draw or anything. Nerds were being trained to get the right answers. The popular kids were, ba- were being trained to please. The nerds are trying to get the right answers. Well, when you treat water, what? When you tread water, what is it? Tread or treat? Trot, trot. He t- <laughs> he trod purposefully down the whole walk step. So, when you step water, you lift yourself up by pushing water down. Likewise, in any social hierarchy, people unsure of their own position will try to emphasize it by maltreating those they think rank below. I've read that this is why poor whites in the United States are the group most hostile to plaques. Uh, plaques, plaques. So when you treat water, you lift yourself up by pushing water down. I see. So likewise, in any social hierarchy, people unsure of their own position will try to emphasize it by maltreating those they think rank below. What is maltreating? Mistreat, abuse, well, yeah. Um... I do just think of it as something that's quite common or if it is something that I, that I can understand. Like, well, I, I can understand it as, as a fact, but if it is also something that you can draw parallels to or just see some, some connections there. Well, yeah. Why do people move to suburbia? Suburbia, yeah. To have kids! Exclamation mark. No wonder they seem boring and sterile. The whole place was a giant nursery, an artificial town created by explicitly for the purpose of breeding children. Nowhere to go and nothing to do. This is no accident. Suburbs are deliberately designed to exclude the outside world. <laughs> Hackers need to understand the theory of computation about as much as painters need to understand paint chemistry. Yes, indeed, because if you don't know how your fucking paint is working, you know, if the temperatures are right in your room, because there might be too high of temperature, you know, which makes the whole paint runny, which is not good if you're painting. You know, it just also depends on what you're painting. You know, if you're painting with thick, really thick layers of paint, then it's not going to be good. On the other hand, is it too cold? Then maybe you're not able to smooth it out. You know, maybe it is feeling differently to paint then. I don't know. I know just other things like um, humidity and whatnot, like all these different things that could change how uh, chemistry is working, kind of, yeah. You should figure out programs as you're writing 
uh, as you're writing them. Just as a write, just as writers and painters are architects, and architects, uh, architects do. Realizing this has real implication for software design. It means that a programming language should, above all, be malleable. Whatever this means, I don't know. Pliable, ductile, plastic, pylon, soft, workable, shapeable. A programming language is for thinking of programs, not for expressing programs. You've already thought, thought of. You've already thought of. It should be a pencil and not a pen. So that you can erase it or what? But I do think it makes sense, you know, and I think it is quite a cool thing to think about if you think about the fact that it means that a programming language should above all be malleable. A programming language is for thinking of programs, not for expressing programs. So do you have the right vocabulary? Do you have the right terms? Do you have the right whatever to being able to code what you're willing to code? Maybe this is what came to my mind. The place to fight design wars is in new markets, where no one has yet managed to establish any fortifications. That's where you can win big by taking the bold approach to design and having the same people both design and implement the product. Which is, a, I think, I, you know, something that I find astonishing if we think about cars. First of all, the car has to work. In terms of like it has to run, it has to just drive somewhere, it has to be maybe even efficient, it has to be fast if it is a fast car, if it should be a fast car, if it is made for people that want to have a fast car, but it should also look good. Now, the uh, and also it, sh it should also be user-friendly in terms of the interior and whatnot. The question is, or the thing that I find pretty astonishing and pretty interesting is being able to produce something and make something, which is going to be two different departments, I guess, which is... Which, which works on a physical basis, you know, because, I mean, you can make crazy designs and they just don't work then. And just making it work as a product as such, you know. Of course, the design of a product can really, 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 really upgrade the product as such, you know, because if you're having great design, if your product is really user-friendly, you know, if everybody can understand it, it just gets it into his or her hands, then it is definitely a plus point. On the flip side, if you're having a good product, but the product design is really fucking bad, you know, then it's not a good product, quite, you know, because nobody can use it and there's going to be a lot of problems, maybe, and whatnot. So I do find it pretty interesting. And by the way, the redesign of the BMW logo, I think is pretty fucking cool, you know, even though like people say BMW redesign. Let's just have a look at it because I think it is actually really cool. You know, I really do appreciate it. Well, yeah, you know, we're getting a lot of cars here. Logo. I thought it's been something or it is something very dominant and, and prominent and whatnot. But there it is. This is the new BMW 2020 logo. It is very minimal and it is also going to be that transparent. I do think, I do really believe that on this car uh, that we've seen before as well, I think it looks pretty cool. I don't know if it works out with other cars that do not seem to be as futuristic as this one or do not have such a futuristic style to it. But I think it is a good logo, you know, and I think it is also the right direction because they went from something similar like this with a lot of gradients and a lot of structures and a lot of whatnot to something that's so fucking simplistic and, and, and reduced and whatnot. It's also pretty cool that it is transparent, you know, to really be honest. Like, it really looks elegant and I, I would also say high quality at least at my point of view you know 
I think it seems to be high quality. When we interview programmers, the main thing we cared about was what kind of software they wrote in their, in their spare time. You can't do anything really well unless you love it. And if you love to hack, you'll invitably be working on projects of your own. Yes, I, I do. Yes, I do think so. And this is something that I often talk about with people that do want to just be like, well, you know, I do want to get a really high position at whatnot company as a designer or as a whatnot. And I always think like, well, you didn't do the work yet. Quite. And I think it is always a good idea to just do the work at whatever point in time. You know, I fortunately started to do that. I fortunately started to just have my own shit and do my own shit because I was interested in it and because I, I saw my opportunity quite and because I am de- de- dedicating myself to it, you know. But I, I do not really want to be like, well, I'm the best and I'm so super great. No, I really am not, you know. Also, not everybody is meant to just start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, start whatever. But I really believe that it makes sense that if you want to make something in your future, that working on it right now is going to be a good testimonial, quite, you know, showing this to your employer or showing this to your clients. Well, I did this. Have a look. I did this. You know, maybe they're going to be like, okay, it's amazing. Maybe they're going to be like, okay, this is fucking shit, but you did something, you know. I think it's very important also because you're going to get better. I just really have to say that I think that I've gotten a, a, a better designer because I've designed so much things or so many things over the past year and a half. Well, actually, I think two, no, year and a half or a year and three quarters or something. So, yes, I, I think it, this is an amazing one. And I actually do want to point it out kind of. Benjamin Franklin learned to write by summarizing the points in the essays of Edison and Steele and then trying to reproduce them. This is also something that somebody did with James Bond's uh, or James Bond, 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 Bond books. Yes, he or she, I don't actually remember. I'm very sorry for that. But this person used those books to recreate them and then see, if I remember this correctly, to if then to, to, to then see whether the writing style is somehow similar to the original one, to just get the structure and get how this person wrote the book and how to just actually write a good book because it probably was a good book. And it was based on the amount of films there are and, and stuff and the franchise per se. Probably a good book. But why can't I? Please let me be able to... Thank you. When a piece of code is being hacked by three or four different people, no one of whom really owns it, it will end up being like a common room. It will tend to feel bleak and oblique and abdaunt and accumulate craft. The right way to collaborate, I think, is to divide projects into sharply defined modules, each with a, def- a definite owner and with interfaces between them that are as carefully designed. I think it also makes sense. You know, I do, by the way, have to say that group work and group projects and, and, and team projects based on my experience that I've been having with school projects is not particularly something that I like but I also think that it could be something that's great but I also think that that it is more difficult than working on something on your own but it is probably going to be the case that you're going to work in a team once you're in a quote-unquote real world I guess you know chances are pretty high looking at things from other people's point of view is practically the secret of success. Maybe because you're then going to see like this shit. Maybe this is also 
a good reason to just talk with people about whatever you're doing, maybe. And the last one, one way to tell how good people are at a, at empathy is to watch them explain a technical matter to someone without a technical background. Yes, even though, well, yeah, does this have something to do with empathy? I'm not quite sure. I think it also has something to do with, it has something to do with uh, communication and being able to clearly communicate, which indeed is something that's incredibly important. As I've also, well, as actually also my art history teacher stated today, you know, not going to give you the full context, but she said that, yeah, you know, it's like she didn't say that it is important, but I say it is important by what she said. So I really hope that you've liked this episode. I really hope that you've gotten something out of it. And I really hope that you've also liked the little introductory to art history in the first section of it. I'm actually really sorry that I wasn't able to find like the original one. I am. Well, I'm going to look it up for the next episode, probably, maybe, hopefully. And I'm also going to hope that there's going to be more of some, well, let's say broader things. And not only about hackers, you know, maybe more about painters. But yeah, anyway. I am going to see you the next time. I at least hope so. I wish you the best health, all for business and all success. And also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered by um, yeah, basically being a good person and then being remembered as a good person. Three are questions that I'm having for you are, why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? These three questions are hopefully going to show you a purpose and maybe even a business idea. I will be back. And with that being said, I'm hopefully going to see you the next time. So bye-bye. And it is not working, so therefore I'm not going to end the episode there. Somehow, could, by the way, close Photoshop, because I don't need it at this point in time. Thank you. Um, I do wonder, by the way, why he took this picture. Like, there's so many different pictures you can take, if it is about painters. The Mona Lisa, the different by Vincent van Gogh. Then, uh, I mean, yeah, of course, you, you can take this one, Gauguin as well amazing fucking paintings then there's also like um this day which is like a netherlandish style of art which has been uh, well prominent a while ago well actually not that i think in the 1970s or something as far as i can remember uh, which is also having a pretty pretty cool cool style from time to time, even though you can't generalize it that much, you know, because there's always different forms and whatnot. But, but yeah, you know, also Michelangelo, you could have taken one of them. Uh, Versace, you could have taken <laughs> some, some, somebody else. Um, Artemisia Gentileschi, could have, you could have also taken her. Then there's also um, somebody else. I don't know, the guy that painted Primavera or Spring, as I think it is called in English, and Frühling in German, which I don't know who, who, who did it. But actually, just because it is not loading, Peter Bruegel or Bruegel, however you actually pronounce it in English. I don't know. Peter Bruegel the Elder. Is it him? It could be because... The funny thing is, he lived from 1525 to 15, no, to 1530, like, no, 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 this doesn't make any freaking sense. I don't think that this is the right person. Well, no, I think it is, but this data here is, I think, not accurate then, kind of, you know, because I 
don't really think that he only lived. Or I'm just too, too dumb for reading it. Well, anyway, but I'm gonna see... This is also a pretty amazing picture. The procession to Calvary. Or however it is pronounced. I'm sorry. And there's also a pretty cool movie to that. You know, a pretty strange movie, first of all. But also a pretty cool movie in the end. I do hope that I'm gonna find it. Yeah, there it is. The Tower of Babel. Yeah. But it is only one of them. And it is actually in the museum in Vienna. Oh, this is the large version. Okay. I see. Oh, it's it's not the small. Oh, it's it's the large one. I'm sorry. It is the large one. The other one is, is the small one. Or it is... I don't know. Like, I could also just be... Well, anyway. I'm going to end the episode there. So, thank you very much. Going to see you the next time. And bye-bye.